ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks and we suspect that you do too. Because you're a Soulful MBA listener, you can get an audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free audiobook. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA podcast, episode 96, Fall Business Retreat. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hello, Jenny. We're going to talk about some exciting plans that we have coming up in September, which is actually, we're recording this in real time. So this is going to be the same week that you're listening to it. This retreat (laughs) will actually happen. And this episode is really meant to give you a peek into how we run our company and hopefully give you some strategies that you can take away to use in your own business. Yeah, we are excited. We do not, as most of you know, we live in different countries. And so we do not see each other in person very often. And every time that we have met in person, we are incredibly productive and new ideas are flowing. So we are attending the She Recovers LA event, which is being put on by one of our teachers, uh, Taryn Strong and her mother, Dawn Strong. So we were invited to that event. We're super excited. And we thought, you know what, let's tack on a business retreat and really take a look at finishing 2018 super, super strong. Yeah. And for those of you who may be attending, come and find us. We're actually going to be exhibiting for Namastream at that event in addition to attending it. We're super excited and super impressed and proud of the work that She Recovers does and just honored and humbled to be able to be a part of it. So just a shout out to Taryn and Dawn. Absolutely. And it's in the Beverly Hills Hilton. So we're just looking the, forward in, to in that. In the US, we call that the Beverly Hilton, Sandy. Oh, sorry. It's I'm kind just of not, a famous hotel. Not in the know. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like a lot of things have happened in that hotel, including this is where Whitney Houston died. <laughs> overdose. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, please don't put us in that room. I'm sure we won't be in that room in the hotel. But yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be an exciting trip. It's kind of the timing is a little tricky with school just getting started, but it's a good way to sort of get ourselves back in the mindset of really working and sort of out of summer mode. So as Sandy said, we're tacking on this retreat, this business retreat to LA. So what we've done, and we do this a couple times a year, we try to get together in person in one of our countries, and we try to set aside a couple of days to really check in on our business. And it's a bit of a retreat because, you know, just being together, I think, in person is invaluable for business partners or for a team. But we actually have a little bit of a strategy that we follow and sort of 
you know, some concrete steps that we take to set goals for our business and to take stock and inventory of what's been happening over the past six months or so. So Sandy, let's kind of dive in because I think what would be helpful for our listeners is for them to get a sense of what we actually do on these retreats other than you know, eat really delicious, healthy food and go <laughs> and shop look for great coffee places. Go shopping because we also do that. So look for us on Instagram next week, finding some great boutiques to visit. But yeah, we really try to take inventory, like I said, of how our business is doing. And we look at our goals that we've set and how we've been, you know, matching up mm-hmm. to those goals. And we also revise those goals and set new goals for the rest of the year or the rest of the quarter. Yeah. So I think the first thing I want to explain to everyone is how we, what we do monthly. And we have a spreadsheet. And I honestly think that everyone in business needs this exact same spreadsheet. And I am constantly entering the numbers into this spreadsheet so that we are very aware of what is happening with our business every single month. So I just thought I'd hit some of the major areas that we cover every single month. And Jenny and I look on the last day of each month, we sit down and we review each of these numbers every month. So the first one obviously is our gross revenue. We take a look at our expenses. We take a look at salary versus gross revenue. So we have some ratios that we have built into the spreadsheet and we have some percentages that we aim for. We of course look at how many new clients we got in a month, how many we lost. We look at all our social media numbers, the followers, you know, and that's sort of a we don't put too much stock into that, but I think it's important to follow. It's a vanity and, metric. <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, I think it's still important to watch, but I wouldn't like make a major business decision no, no. Or, or feel like we're failing because we lost 10 Instagram we followers. We mostly track it just because it's hard to track historical you patterns on social ranges. media in general. Yeah. So just to have a historical record of where we are as a benchmark is just in case it matters someday, we track it, but we don't put a lot of attention on it at all. Yeah. What's more important, which I would encourage all listeners to consider adding is our Google Analytics. So we will go in, Jenny will log in and we'll look at for the month, what was the traffic to our websites? We will look at which blog posts are performing, where people are hanging out. And I think that we only started doing that in the spring, I think. And that has been extremely helpful. And I think it's really important to like. I think everyone understands the concept of like what you pay attention to will grow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're so often too worried about what our social media numbers are. And what we actually need to happen are people to land on our website and click purchase or click buy or click subscribe. And so the Google Analytics are really important to us. Yeah. And so just to be clear too, so we have three main websites for our brand. Two are on Squarespace and one is on WordPress. So for the site on WordPress, I log into Google Analytics to get all of that data. And then for the Squarespace sites, I can just go into Squarespace and look at the analytics directly in Squarespace. And it's like lovely and easy and beautiful. (laughs) So there's another plug for Squarespace. Google Analytics, it's fine, but it's it's not beautiful. It's just, there's a lot in there that I don't need to look at. And it's interesting for us to see where our traffic is coming from, what search Mm -hmm. terms people are using to get to our site. And often we find surprises in terms of what content is popular. You know, it helps us to better understand the journey of our customers or the journey that someone takes into becoming a client of our business. 
Yeah. And I also, just this last month, knowing that we're going to do this next week, I went into the last, I think I did the last three months of new Namastream clients and I went into ConvertKit and I wrote down the tags that they had so we could see truly the journey that they took to get to us. Did they go on a demo? Did they, you know, get our gear guide? Did they attend a webinar in the past? Did they attend a live demo recorded? Like all those different options to get to us to become a new client. So we really want to see what opt-ins are working, what webinars are working, what sequences are working. So that took a little bit of time to like manually go through that, but it was extremely helpful. And now I've added that to my spreadsheet. So every month I will be looking at every new teacher. How did they interact with us before they actually signed up? Mm -hmm. I think that's super helpful because in the past we've just, I mean, we sort of have an inkling of (laughs) of how people think we know, know, but it's actually not grounded in data. So it's helpful to have the, the data and the analytics behind what we're doing. We're trying to take some steps in our company to do less busy work. This is something, this is like mission critical to us. It's something we've been working on for a year, slowly and slowly. Like what can we let go of? And then what do we ramp up in its place just so that our business is running like, you know, well-oiled machine or like a professional company. You know, it's it's been something that we've had to figure out as we went. And there were a couple of years where there was a lot of like throwing stuff against the wall to see what stuck. But now we're at a point where I feel like we can start to to make really data-driven decisions, which is it's exciting. And there are some things that we can let go of. And we've also found that there are some things that we've wanted to let go of that we probably shouldn't based on what we've uncovered in these customer journeys. So I just would encourage everyone. I mean, we spend like maybe an hour a month doing this. And I know, mm-hmm. Sandy, you do a lot more just sort of tracking in the spreadsheets throughout the month. Yeah, I have that spreadsheet open every single day. And I'm updating it constantly because I like to see the numbers tick up as we go, which maybe is not the best use of my time, but it makes me feel very connected to what is happening. So I don't know. That's just my personality. I love spreadsheets. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad one of us does because I'm certainly not that person. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And I think it's helpful for us too to have a place to understand the status of each of our clients too. I mean, it's essentially functioning as a database for us in addition Mm -hmm. to our email service provider and then our, you know, our Stripe dashboard and other places we have, we do have a CRM that we use as well. So in addition to going through all of those numbers, what else are we going to work on next week? So at the beginning of the year, we set some revenue goals and new customer goals, which ultimately leads to your revenue. And I think we're going to look at what we expected to do, where we are right now, and then look at at the pace that we're going at. In the spreadsheet, I have created a formula so that it will give us our projected year-end revenue based on the last eight months. And so we need to look at, okay, so what do we need to do in this last four months to get to where we want to go? And you wanted to make a point about the last quarter for many businesses in these industries? Well, for us, the second half of the year is typically significantly higher for us in terms of growth than the first half of the year. And it's, I think, because of the kind of company that we run. We do pretty well in January. Like We have certain months that are spike months for our company. And it's largely because the majority of our clients are in the wellness industry. And so I think if you're in 
this industry with us, your patterns are probably the same. So what we see, or you're slightly behind us. So what we see is a huge uptick in Q3, the end of Q3 and in Q4, as our clients are getting ready for launching for the new year. Because January, for some wellness businesses, we've seen the percentages as high as 40% of all revenue coming in in that single month. And so we kind of are a little bit ahead of that because we're providing tools and resources for that industry. And so we really work... September is a big month for us because of all of this planning and like getting all of this preparation into place for the big push that we have at the end of the calendar year for our industry. And so what we see is a similar kind of pattern for our client base, but it's a little bit delayed, right? Because we sell you the tool and the training and then you implement and build on that tool in order to run your business. And so I think it's okay. You know, this is one thing to note for all of you who are in either the wellness industry or another niche that's really seasonal. I think it's important to to realize that when you're comparing numbers, we compare like the same month of one year to the same month of the prior year versus like month to month because we may see and we do see like we have really big months in our company and then we have other months that we see a decline from the previous month. But we don't mind because we look at how well we did say, August of 2018 versus August of 2017 versus August of 2016, that number for us is more important than comparing August of 2018 to September of 2018, for example. Right. Month over month. Yeah, that's a big distinction. And it would be great if we saw increases every single month. But, you know, most businesses don't work like that. It's much more seasonal. Yeah. And that's normal, right? That's healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think just mentioning seasonality, I wanted to say too, that I don't know that I could sit down and do this kind of work, Jenny, in July, let's say like there's something about the change of season as we move into fall, as the kids go back to school, you know, like there's this sort of mental shift of kind of getting ready to get refocused and re-energized and like, let's do this thing. Let's finish this year out strong. So I kind of love that we have these planning retreats in September when I'm like ready to get back to my desk and look forward to it. Where in July or June, I'm just thinking of like, I need to be outside. Yeah. No, you know, I feel like two weeks ago, like when when you came back from France and we're just settling back in, I felt this like real sense of drudgery coming to sit Mm -hmm. down at my desk. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Am I not an entrepreneur anymore? Because I don't (laughs) have that energy and excitement around any of this. And now just two weeks later, I'm like raring to go. And it really, I was driving my daughter to school this morning and the leaves were falling off the trees onto the road on the mountain in front of me as I'm driving. And it was this real sense, like if it's a physical shift that's Mm -hmm. happening, I'm like, I am ready for four cups of coffee and I'm ready to sit here at my desk with my sweater on and work. It feels so good. And I know next week in LA, it's going to be hot and I won't have my sweater on and I probably won't feel the same physicality of the season. But I think like we're in it now. You and I both, I've felt this shift happen in the last week or so where we're like, oh, okay, actually, this is awesome. We're really happy to get back into work. The summer is really slow for us. We essentially take it off. I mean, we do- On purpose, yeah. Yeah, we do sort of bare maintenance, you know, not, I don't want to say bare maintenance. I mean, we we still keep our company running, but we're not trying to grow anything. Right. We're really right. doing- 
maintenance mode in the summer. No marketing. There's no launches. We are just doing bare minimum to keep it going, but to really give ourselves a break and spend some more time being physical and outside and, you know, pursuing other ideas and reading and, you know, exploring and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's actually, Jenny, I got to admit, it was shocking to me since I've returned from France how hard it's been to get in this mode. And I think part of it is just sort of the cooler temperatures. Well, where I live, it's cooler. And just that feeling in the air that fall is here and Halloween candy's back on the shelves and pumpkin spice, whatever is everywhere. And it's like this shift. And I think it's really important to honor that you can't go hard every single month of the entire year, that there's this sort of ebb and flow with the earth, with the seasons. And we just, I love acknowledging that and honoring that and just working, working with it and not trying to fight it. Yeah. Yeah. And I spent the summer really building another business too. Yeah. And so it wasn't like I was relaxing poolside. Pool, drinking. <laughs> like I don't, I, I could, I mean, I didn't want to, right? I wanted to do this other work. And my other work was very much like outside in nature and very physical and like very focused on making sales and meeting new customers, but being outside. And it's just this really amazing opportunity, I think, to realize that there's a time and a place for everything. And the summer is my time to do that. That's what feels natural to me now mm-hmm. is to like run and be in that other business. And now I'm feeling myself pulling back from that and wanting to do experiments and new recipes and new, like making new concoctions, like in my house behind the scenes and not being out and sort of outwardly focused in that business. But yet the switch is happening with Namastream and Soulful MBA where I'm feeling like ready to dive in and, you know, go hard for the next three months because that's really this is really our like core time to grow our company each year so anyway it just and and your business you know as a listener your business may be really different than ours but i think it's helpful to start to recognize these patterns in your own business and start start to think about where can you find lightness where can you find that space to sort of ease off versus when are the times of the year or the times of the month that make sense for you to push hard. Because I posted this in our Facebook group this week when I released our podcast three days late, four days late, that, you know, we've been essentially taking the last six weeks off from podcasting. We hadn't recorded since mid-July and we're easing back in. And it, we took this really giant break, the first break we've really taken like that with the podcast. And we were still releasing episodes we had pre-recorded, but we went down to one a week instead of two. Now with this episode, we're back to two a week. But it was just this really important sabbatical or this time to rest and sort of take a step back and reevaluate. And I feel like we could have been in a place, Sandy, where we could have, after six weeks of not recording, been like, hey, do we even want to do this anymore? You know, like one of us was like, hey, I actually didn't miss this. But I think we both really missed it. And we both come back now returning to the podcast and returning to the business, even more committed and more excited about what's to come. And so mm-hmm. with that, let's talk about what's coming with the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy to use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. I 
I think we've mentioned many times that our favorite thing to do every week is to podcast. We love coming up with episode ideas and we're always sort of scouring our inboxes or the internet or blogs or whatever, you know, books for ideas or topic ideas. And so I think we have not stopped talking about the podcast over these last six weeks, let me tell you that. And there's some really exciting things that we've got happening. We are inviting a whole crew of new guests with a bit of a different slant. And I think too, we're we're having a lot of discussions around monetizing the podcast because any of you out there who have your own podcast, you know how difficult it is to find the revenue to pay for the production and your time and the money that it takes to run a podcast. So yeah, I mean, the jury's still out of exactly what we're going to do, but we have a lot of ideas. And I think part of us getting back and excited is all these new ideas that we have to monetize the podcast. Yeah. And I think we both love experiments, right? And so for us, here's the thing about podcasting. It's still in its infancy as a medium and and as a type of media and as something that can bring in revenue. I mean, there's sort of like with the explosion of serial that happened a couple of years ago, that's really what put podcasting on the map. But it's still something where if you're not a celebrity or you don't have the backing of a public radio station behind you, it's still sort of uncharted territory how monetization works. There are a bunch of people using sites like Patreon to get people to pledge money to support episodes. There are other people who are taking on sponsors. There are other people who, like us, sell their own products and programs as a way to monetize. And we essentially started our podcast as a way to grow awareness around our other brands. But... I think we are at the point now where that's great, that's working, but we want to try experimenting and coming up with new ways. Like how can you financially support a podcast in a way that's never been done before? Or how, how can you perfect a way that a few people are doing but not doing well? And so we're having a really fun time coming up with experiments that we can run using our own show, which we'll, of course, be sharing with all of you here. Because I know that many of you either have started your own podcast or are starting them or thinking about it. And it sure as heck makes it an easier choice to take on a project of this magnitude if you have a way to pay for it, because it certainly isn't free, as Sandy said. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's going to be really fun. And so we're going to have some new fun ways to engage with us and brands that we support through listening. And just, you know, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that coming in the next couple of months, because that's going to be so fun. Yeah, I, I don't think we're at a place where we can reveal some of these ideas because they need to be hammered out a little bit. And we're going to spend some time next week in LA doing that. But I think that might be a really good podcast itself, Jenny, is just to talk about all the options of monetizing for podcasts. That's um, so sort of meta. Pros and cons of it. <laughs> and then maybe talk about some of our ideas that we've got. But yeah. All right. Let's move on to the other area that's really important to us. And that is our community inside our Soulful MBA. Yeah. Okay. So we have also made some shifts over the past few months. Before you left for France this summer, we had kind of nailed down what Soulful MBA looks like going forward in its next iteration because it exists as a course. And it certainly we have a community of people who have all signed up for our course who are sort of together in a digital space together. But how we keep people engaged and growing and how we help serve people 
has been a constant question that we've been asking each other and asking ourselves. It's interesting, maintaining and running an online community is its own challenge. (laughs) And I think without a clear roadmap. So Sandy, we've come up with a few tools and a few kind of procedures that we're putting in place inside of Soulful MBA that we've already started to put in place that we're starting to see really pick up some traction. Yeah. So I think the trend that I have noticed, and I just want to say too, that I think running any kind of community wherever you host it or however many people are in it is a constant evolution of how you do it, what you offer, what's included, because things change and trends change and needs change. So initially, we started with our community with Soulful MBAs that you get your course, you you join the community. And every month, we're going to give you a new course or a new little workshop or a new video on something that's trending or something that people need to understand. And I think that that is great. And we are going to continue to do that as the need arises. But I really want to focus more on connecting with our clients and being there live for them, talking to them about their business, helping them through strategies, telling them our inside stories, just brainstorming with them. And sure, all those answers may be in a video somewhere, but I feel like people just need the actual experience of talking it out with another human being in live time. And again, different than just chatting and writing a question, I'm talking face-to-face, like we're in Zoom all together and we're talking and helping each other through whatever stage that person is at. And part of the reason that we're integrating this into Soulful MBA is because we've seen how well this works with our bespoke clients. And so our bespoke clients get six calls with the two of us. And it's a really intimate process where we essentially build out someone's online presence and online programs alongside them with real-time feedback over the course of three weeks. And that, of course, because of how much time of hours it involves, we can only take on two clients a month doing this service. And it's just something we do sort of as a way to fulfill, I think, a real human need that we have to work directly with people. But we also realize that there are some elements of that kind of collaboration that we can bring into this larger community. And so that's really where this idea came from to start to do more direct personal contact. And because we have built an integration and a partnership with Zoom, it makes perfect sense to do that in sort of collaborative sessions within Zoom for anyone in our community who wants to participate. So what we're doing, just to lay it out in very clear terms, is we are still offering additional trainings but they're every other month instead of every month now. And they are also the off months that we're not offering new trainings are supplemented with hot seat roundtables. We also are doing two co-working sessions where each of us takes a month and we go into the community and we're sort of there as a resource and sort of as an accountability liaison there to have a place for virtually everyone can come and work together, um, set a goal, and then have, you know, sort of a get or done hour or to sort of be together and we can hold each other accountable in that space. So those are just some of the newer features that we've added into Soulful MBA that are starting to you know, pop up in the community. And I think for those of you who've been in the community for a long time, you can start, you know, maybe you went through the course a year ago or a year and a half ago, and 
you know, you're ready for what's next. You sort of know the, the basic nuts and bolts about building an on- online business, but you really want to have that connection and you really want to have that accountability. You can now look to the same program that you've already invested in to provide that for you. Yeah, I'm really excited about doing that. So we're going to get some feedback from the people that have participated so far. And I think we're going to go ahead and schedule those out for the rest of, we've got it done for September, but for October, November, December, we're going to schedule those out and get them on the calendar. So everyone knows that they're happening and that when they can join us. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And then the final thing that we work on at these in-person sessions is we go through our software. So that is the biggest thing that we do. We don't talk about Namastream all that much on the podcast because, you know, it's it's a software. It's, software. it's software. Like, it's what boring. are you going to say? I mean, it's it's I don't know if boring is the right word, but <laughs> it's different. And so this is a huge part of what we actually do every day is run our software company. Soulful MBA is like this fun additional thing that we do. And it's mostly what we talk about. But we actually spend most of our actual workday doing the software. And so when we get together, of course, that is the majority of what we focus on. So we have, as I talked about earlier, and we've talked about before on the podcast, we've built a major integration with Zoom this year. That's been amazing. It's been a lot of work. It's there. <laughs> it's it's live. It's functioning. And it's being used quite a lot every day. And so it's been fun to watch the numbers tick up in our, in our analytics, sort of in our back end to see you know new people using it every day over the past month or so. But in addition to that, we have other feature requests that we're constantly fielding. And we can maybe just talk quickly. This is probably not relevant to most of you, but we receive feature requests just about every day for Namastream from our users. So what we do when we have these meetings is we sit down and we prioritize what's next for the software. So we we usually look at what is most requested and we go from there and we sort of prioritize the next phase of work for our dev team. And so that is a big part of what we'll be doing at our retreat next week as well. Yeah, I think some of the ideas are really exciting and really needed. And what's so frustrating, but also exciting about software is it's never done. Ever. We're never done. You know, it's like, okay, it's built. Great. Let's just, you know, may the money roll in. And it's like, no, we've got to like change this. And now people want this. And now the industry's changed and they're expecting this. And so, but it's cool too, because we can continue to build something really, really fantastic. And it's so fluid, right? Like it's just always changing. So sometimes that frustrates me because I just want to like, okay, let's stop. Let's just take a break. But it doesn't work like that. So we've got a giant list of uh, requests. And I think it'll be, I don't know, I'm kind of looking forward to this, Jenny, because I think it just makes us better. You know, it makes us better as a company and a platform and for the users, teachers and students. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. And I think one of the things that maybe is important to talk about too, like the role that we play as founders of this company, we're always watching trends that are taking place, whether it's in e-learning or in wellness or in teaching, we're looking at sort of what is unfolding in the larger ecosystem of those industries and of software in general and looking at what makes sense to build out next. So we don't just simply have a checklist with tick marks of feature requests where like, okay, this one has the most tick marks. That's what we're doing next. We juxtapose that to where we see the industry shifting. And and so sometimes what we end up focusing on is not necessarily what's most requested, but what we think is going to be 
the most important for you all in your businesses going forward in the next 18 months or so. So we do a bit of trend forecasting and we juxtapose that to these feature requests. So that's that's always fun to sit there and sort of debate and talk about and, you know, in a way have to play kind of fortune teller to sort of see like, what do we think is really going to unfold? Like what's going to happen with Facebook? How does that impact? Like people use Facebook to log into our software. I just sent you an article this morning, Sandy, about how, you know, 44% of millennials under 29 have removed Facebook from their phones. Like how does that, because of what happened with Cambridge Analytica, how does that affect the usage of our software? I mean, that gives you a tiny peek into my brain and how we have to be trend spotting constantly in order to make sure that our software is best serving our customer base. Because now if you don't have Facebook on your phone, you can't log in on easily on Facebook on your mobile devices. And people about 44% of the time also use mobile devices to log into our software as students. And so how does that shift? And so we have to be constantly watching like sort of pop culture and the marketplace and the way software is heading and the way people are using technology. And that's a big part of what we have to do to manage our own company. Right on. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) That's it. Nothing to add to that. So let's move into joy and hustle this week. Jenny, you have the joy. Oh my gosh. Well, this is like the opposite of talking about software. Okay. So I am slightly obsessed with a brand out of Georgia, and this is like totally out of left field, but I would love to interview the founder of this brand one day on our podcast. So I'm putting that out there as a wishful request. So the brand is called State the Label. I don't know if you've heard of them or not. Some of you have because we follow them on Instagram and I can look at our Instagram account and see that a bunch of you also follow them. So State the Label is a small batch clothing brand in rural Georgia. Everything's kind of handmade and hand painted in small batches. Like if you want to buy a piece of clothing, someone painted it with fabric paint. It's really, there's a lot of recycled material being used. They're known for these smocks and they're these like fascinating, <laughs> like recycled material smocks that have these big pockets. And I have not purchased one because I'm afraid Sandy will make fun of me if I order a smock <laughs> and start wearing it around. Like Just the word alone, Jenny. I'll I make know, fun of you no matter what it looks like. Well, they also have something in their shop called tent dress, which I know I can never buy because of you. But I really appreciate the vision behind this brand and the aesthetic. And like they do a lot of collaborations. So they just collaborated with a pottery, a potter also in Georgia to do like hand painted pottery. They've collaborated with children's brands in the past to like paint butterfly wings for children's costumes. And I just love this brand and I love following their work. And one day I'm going to get a smock and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And just, it just goes to show like if you go on their website, their stuff sells out like instantly when they post it. sold out. Like they're super successful. And I think just, you know, to me, it's, it's like symbolic that you can kind of like follow your own drumbeat and do what you want to do and make what you want to make. And if you do it well and with heart, I think you can be really successful, even if it doesn't look like what anyone else is making. And this is an example of like, I've never seen clothing like this before. Yeah, ever, it's true. And I, I got to tell you, I had not heard of it, of course. And you told me about it. And I open up the website. And the first thing that pops up is like, hey, shop in English and Canadian dollars in our Canadian store. And she's got a completely Canadian website. And I appreciate that so much. I mean, I know that was probably a ton of work, but so often you show us 
this stuff, the Canadians, and we can't get it or we can't, they won't ship or whatever, or it's ridiculous shipping costs. And she's got a Canadian store. So I like her. So we are going to get her on our podcast. I hope so. I hope she'll agree to come and we can each buy a smock. (laughs) (laughs) I might buy something else, but I do. I don't know that I could do a smock. But yes, it is super cool and super unique. And I, I love seeing those sold out signs across each of the oh, little man, a isn't little that a good feeling? Yeah, even though it's not my selling out, it's just like, yes. Yeah. Like, you know, fist pump, like go. Yeah. So go check out. It's statethelabel.com. Of course, we will link to this brand in the show notes, but it's really beautiful and incredible. I might buy in polka there. dot briefs. All right, let's talk hustle. <laughs> now that we've talked about Sandy's britches. We will dive into hustle. <laughs> oh, that is such a good word, britches. Well, that's what she calls them. She calls the hand-painted underwear that she sells britches. It is a good word. Okay, britches. moving on. All right. <laughs> okay, hustle. So it is not a thing that you are going to go look at, read, or purchase. You are simply going to do. So we just strongly recommend that you build in these sort of business retreats in your own life and for your own business where you step away from your life and it maybe doesn't mean a, a trip to LA for you, but maybe it's just, you know, away from out of the house or the, your regular workplace into a coffee shop with a couple of hours or a day or treat yourself and go out to a cabin somewhere, but just step away and focus 100% on your goals, what has been happening, what you need to make happen for the rest of the year or to reach those goals or whatever it may be, but just retreat. Highly recommend it. And if you can do it in a beach house in Malibu, it's even better. All the better. <laughs> and we're going to eventually link to the place that we're staying. We I don't want to give away too much on the podcast because there are creepers that exist in the world. And if I talk about it too much, you'll be able to find it. So but Eventually. I would follow on Instagram because I'm sure there's going to be some photos of it. Next oh, yeah. Week, it's it's going to so be cool. stunning and cool and wacky. So, yeah. So, you know, it's really not that expensive to go stay at a phenomenal Airbnb for a couple of nights. Give yourself that gift as an entrepreneur and as a business owner and really let yourself, you know, reevaluate your business, where you want it to be, where it is and what's possible moving forward. There you go. We are done. All right, folks, have a good one. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start, to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba teacher to sign up. It's totally free. Thank you for listening to the Soulful MBA Podcast.